Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 280. My name is Brando. Just a few moments away, we will be speaking with original drummer of Foghat, Roger Earl. We will find out if there's any six degrees of GNR bacon between Roger and Guns N' Roses, if there's any. But before we get to that, it's been a while, hasn't it? I mean, not if you follow on social media. You're, you're well aware of where I've been, what I've done, what's going on. And I'll catch up more next episode, which I'm recording also today. I wanted to get this out to you quick. Because I, I, I'm officially back from vacation. I went to Arizona. I had lunch with Alan Niven one day in Prescott. I went to Utah. There's nothing in Utah for me to do. <laughs> and uh, I also went to uh, Colorado. I went to Chicago. I, went, I saw the, the Jersey Jack Pinball Factory. I'm going to get into all of that next episode as I record today, uh, Monday, July 26th, uh, with Rick, the band fan. Dunsford. That's going to come later on today because I want to tell you about my, not just about my vacation. That's boring when radio hosts do that. I want to tell you about the, the Guns N' Roses uh, sightseeing. I guess I did in, in some states, and I appreciate all of the fans that uh, were kind of reaching out. It was hard to, to meet up with people because I was there for like a couple days, and then I was gone to, uh, you know, I was driving or I was on a plane or something like that. Uh, so that'll be all Next episode, especially, yeah, if you're following on Instagram. And I also talked about this last episode, too, but it really picked up traction on, on Instagram, where I'm just I'm getting honest and candid, which is the way I always do things, which I'm going to do things soon with uh, Roger Earl, because I'm just going to go right into the interview, because I'm working with him this morning. He's doing, he's promoting his new uh, CD, DVD, live uh, album. And it's he's just talking to, I don't know, 15 stations. I, I already X'd out of the, the schedule I have in front of me. Uh, but for two hours. And I asked him to fit in some time for me at the end. Uh, so I appreciate that. But I wanted to get this out to you as soon as possible because I miss you. I miss you. And I want to talk to you what I've been talking to you about on mygnrforum.com, the thread that was created on, on Reddit. It was a, a Reddit thread created about... Uh, my issues, I don't even want to say the word issues, my situation, it's a situation with, uh, or maybe not, you'll, you'll help me decide, I'm going to break it down next episode with Rick Dunsford, with Team Brazil being blocked from interviews, so uh, if you haven't heard about that yet, you hear about it now, and I'll get more into it, more involved with Rick, who is also uh, deprived of fully enjoying his favorite band. <laughs> Oh, uh, we laugh because we cry. But first, let's uh, let's just get back into the content. All right, let's talk to the original, uh, the current, only the founding member, the founding member of Foghat, keeping that that Foghat flag high, Roger Earl. And if you listen to the podcast, 
I've been, you know, coordinating with stations around the United States for uh, for two hours now, patching Roger in for these promotional interviews, and now it's my turn. Well, Roger, first of all, let me say thank you for getting through that. Is this Brandon? This is Brandon, yes. Thank you, Brandon. I know it was a little trying, um, but I think generally it went well. Thank you for your help. It's... Uh, no problem. You were very professional. Thank you. <laughs> no, th- thank you. And it's just interesting. And everyone has all these clever names for their radio show. Uh, mine is Appetite for Distortion. I don't know if that impresses you. Or... Appetite. <laughs> so for distortion. Yeah, yeah. So you can only imagine right. what that's about. But obviously, I have yeah. a radio job. This is part of my radio job. I've been listening to you on the phone for two hours promoting the new Fog Hat. And it's it's interesting that it comes to me, and sometimes I do take on these interviews, and I just got to think of questions not to ask you because you've been <laughs> you've been answering kind of almost the same questions for for two right. hours now. Does that got to uh, be professional? You are professional, but are you tired? Do you need like a break before we chat for a little bit? Do you need like a? No, I'm ready. You know, let's go. Okay, okay, cool. So as you can tell by appetite for distortion, there's a, a Guns and Roses theme. Does, I can. There's a lot of rock shows, a lot of talk shows, so I wanted to have a, a GNR theme. So I asked my listeners, is there any six degrees of what I call GNR bacon? Are you familiar with that phrase, uh, the Kevin Bacon? No. Well, I, it's not, it hasn't caught on yet, but have you heard of, of six degrees okay. of, of, of Kevin Bacon? Six degrees of separation, I've heard that. Yes, exactly. So it's the same kind of premise. I interview people whether you know, their connection to Guns N' Roses is obvious or not. So... I asked my listeners, it was kind of hard to find one, and hopefully I can get one from you. Uh, this is from Black Suit, uh, Black Suit Youth. Uh, 90s Fog Hat had Ed Zion on bass, who played in Hall & Oates. And that's where you just recorded your, your new album, correct? In, uh, in Daryl's house? Yeah. All right, so then he goes, well, Robbie and Ray played uh, live from Daryl's house, Ian from the cult, front of the doors, and then GNR opened for the cult. That's his six degrees. A little bit better connection would be from Brandon Fields. Uh, that slow ride was played on the radio station in the video game that uh, Axl Rose was the DJ right. of. So I don't know if you're are you aware of that? Uh, that the San Andreas yeah, video game. Um, no, it, 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 it's really cool that you know a lot of our songs get played on video games and um, car games. Uh, you know, I remember one time um, some band got upset because they're. Uh, their version on uh, Guitar Hero, they didn't want it on there. You can't pay for that kind of publicity. You know, and apart from that, we got like a a whole host of young fans like coming to shows. I mean, literally kids. Um, This was was just like maybe 15 years ago or more, uh, like when that came out. It was, um, no, I'm I'm fine with that. You know, you want to play our record for a car commercial? Fine. See, I, I no like problem. that. Right on, right on. Because, uh, I mean, even as, as recent as the new SpongeBob movie that just came out last year. Yeah. Um, how, how about that? When did it come out? It came out in 1975. That's like, it's pretty amazing how certain music sort of, well, you know, it's sunny rock and roll. Um, but I like it. And uh, rock and roll is here to stay in, in one way or another. Um can we say happy birthday to Mick? We can say happy birthday to Mick Jagger. Happy birthday, Mick. Uh, happy birthday, Mick. 
Does he set I know the it's standard? Only rock and roll, but we like it. <laughs> Does he set the standard? You, you think for for just performing? And, and I've heard you say this phrase over the course of the two hours we were working this morning was just rock to your drop. Does he kind of exemplify yeah. that, or who else do, do you yeah, look up to? Yeah, you roll, roll to the old and rock to. You. I mean, the Stones. I mean, you know, and they've lost some of their players or somebody's you know that has moved on but you know Mick Keith uh, Ronnie Wood um, you know and Charlie of course um, you know Charlie just I mean he's uh, I, I love the way Charlie plays you know with the band um, and of course Keith's guitar playing is um, I mean he wrote the book on sort of how to do that well he got it all from Chuck Berry of course but um they're, I mean, they've written, like, the amount of music that they've written. I remember reading something. They were doing a tour about 10 years ago or somewhere, and Mick, and I saw this program Mick was going on about, you know, putting his set list together. And, like, we sometimes have that issue as well. I mean, you know, we've written, I mean, 17 albums or, and a whole bunch more. I mean, it's like... I don't know, three or four hundred songs. I'm, I'm not. I don't even know. What do you decide to do? <laughs> it's, you have such a, a huge, you know, set list to pick from. Um, and also, it, 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 I like. You know, one of the things that we do with a band, we always try to sort of make sure that the the set flows. You know, it starts off, and then in the middle, we'll play. Uh, you know, play a couple of our uh, blues songs, like you know, "Hurts Me Too" or something like that. Um, I haven't done any drum solos this year, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead up to that. But okay. it's um, yeah, um, playing rock and roll music, you know, keeps you alive. Right on, right on. And as somebody, because this is, I, mean, I know I'm gonna have a different conversation with you than than most, because as you mentioned, Slow Ride came out in 1975. I apologize for being born in 1983. My, my parents didn't meet earlier. It's just, it is what it is. However, Foghat is been, has been in my conscious since I've turned on a radio, literally. You know, it's been on my favorite stations always. You know, Fool for the City is Slow Ride. So you are as part of my childhood, even though I guess I kind of missed the boat. Uh, so that's why, I, before I lose it, because I want to get into, you know, how you whittle down your, your 17 albums to just 14 tracks on the new record. But uh, do you have any connection with with Guns N' Roses, with GNR? Have you met? No, no, I, I don't know anybody in that band. Um, Slash is a great guitar player. I know that about the band. Um, yeah, I mean, he's uh, the real talent. He plays great. Um, I don't know much about the rest of the band. Slash can play guitar. He can play in Foghat any time he wants. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that. Uh, do you have, as a drummer... From the Guns N' Roses songs that you have heard, do you have a, a favorite? And I'm going to lead to other, you know, again, I'm going to move on to, you know, what you're uh, doing now. No, um, not really. They, they, they did have uh, a terrific drummer anyway, um, so I, I don't really know. Okay, no worries. I'm not going to push you on it. That, Slash is the one who I like. Slash is, Slash is the real talent in that band as far as I'm concerned. All right, so we're going to But put, yeah, they have, they always, their drummer is really terrific, plays great. We're going to put it out in the uh, in the universe that Slash does a, a collaboration with Foghat. Let's, he collaborates with everybody. <laughs> Let's hope it happens. So yeah. then I ask... Slash nobody, can play with us anytime he wants. But nobody asked this, and just to completely switch gears, 
since you recorded Eight Days on the Road, your your 14-track live performance, new uh, CD, DVD package at Daryl's house, but nobody asked you, what's your favorite Hall & Oates song? I'm very curious. <laughs> that, that might be difficult. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, they made so many hit records. Um, I w- actually, with the Hall & Oates, I was always impressed with their production mm-hmm. um, of their records. Uh, their production was always fantastic. They always had a great sounding record. And Daryl has a great voice. He has a very soulful voice. Um, you know, he's a great R&B singer. Um, uh, it was their production, I thought, that sort of made them. The, the sound of their records was always like terrific. You you heard a Hall & Oates song on the radio, and it's like, wow, check that out. But they were uh, mostly keyboards and stuff like that, whereas, uh, you know, we're more of a, you know, two guitars, bass and drums, rock and roll band. For sure. And it, it's great for people like me who didn't have the opportunity to see the original Foghat, but you've been with some of these guys for, for 20 years now, so it's it's a band. And that's another thing I want to make sure I bring up uh, that you have said in other interviews, that Foghat has always been a band. It's always been about you know the togetherness of, of the guys. So I'm, I'm curious what you would think of, because I looked at Quiet Riot like that, and with the passing of Frankie Benelli, now it's the the, the ba- yeah that was sad. Frankie sure. Benelli was a great drummer, nice guy too. And and he gave the blessing uh, to Alex Grassi to continue the name. So I guess how do you feel about and this is years from now. Like if you were ever going to retire or you know a hundred you, you pass on, I don't even want to think about it. I don't even want to say it. I apologize. But would you ever consider doing kind of a, what? I guess uh, Quiet Riot is done, moving on with the name with kind of anointing a new member, uh, a new band, what Kiss is already talking about doing, moving on without Gene Paul. Would Foghat ever do that without you? Um, I've never really thought about it, actually, because I figured I'm, I mean, I'll go when the good Lord decides to take me. But um, I'm sorry for saying it. Then, no, I'm going to be the drummer of this band and I'm going to be in the driver's seat because that's my job. That's what I was put down here to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying. But, you know, I think that's something that um, other bands would do. I mean, I've met lots of musicians out there on the road and, and it's really cool when, you know, you, especially when you meet sort of younger players, especially drummers, you know, from my point of view. Um, and they sort of say something how they were impressed or inspired by something that they they heard or saw when they saw the bands when they were kids. Um, that makes you feel, uh, what's the word? I don't know, like maybe you've been worthwhile with what you're doing. I mean, it's only music, but it's like, it, for me, it makes the world go round. Music is like, it's something that we can all share. You know, it, people with different points of view, different ways of looking at life, different political views. But when it comes to music, that's something we can share. And that's what, it's one of those things that brings us together. I think I said it earlier when I was talking to somebody else like when we did the Moon Dance Jam the other day. It was just, it was a great feeling just to look out at that sea of humanity and all these grinning faces and people clapping their hands and singing along. It was, um, it made me feel really good. It made me feel 
I don't know. Pride is not a word I'd like to use, but it may. I, I, Fulfilled, I got maybe? chills, like just looking out okay. there and seeing these people that were happy, smiling. And after this year and a half nightmare that we've all gone through, and people have lost, you know, loved ones, and it's been pretty horrific. But it it was it was a wonderful feeling to be back out amongst the folks again, and you know, making that joyful noise that we like to think we make. Yeah, and I'm I'm obviously excited because you are going to be touring in, uh, in my neck of the woods. I'm in Queens right now, but uh, you're going to be in a great venue, the Paramount, uh, September 11th in Huntington, Long Island. I don't know if you've played that. Oh, you're from – how do yes, I ever forget saying that? There. Yeah, yeah. Where are you from, by the way? We you're, played there a couple of times. Where, you're going to be there? I, I, I could possibly be there because I forgot to how – I, how did I not lead off with this? Where on Long Island are you living currently, if you don't mind me asking? I live in, I live in, uh, I live in uh, the, uh, Port Jefferson Harbor, I live just off the harbor. Okay, in, uh, okay. East of Torquette. I, uh, I grew up in Baldwin Harbor. Uh, then I went to okay. uh, high school in Dix Hills, which was not my, uh, too, too ritzy for me, but that's where my parents wanted to live. So, I mean, I'm from yeah, Long Island, it, so I, I know it obviously very well. It's great that you live there now. Actually, I'm really looking. We played there uh, a couple of years ago, and it was terrific. Um, and, of course, it's a local gig because I've lived in Long Island since 70, 74, I think I moved here. And so I have a lot of friends. It was um, – I'm really looking forward to it. It's, it's a terrific-sounding venue. Uh, it's one of the you know, one of the few venues that are worth sort of supporting, I think, because uh, they have some fantastic bands playing there. Um, no, I, I love the venue. It was um, it was great. They also have really good food there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. And they they fought through the pandemic yeah. to, to, to stay open. I'm glad they, you know, because a lot of venues closed that they were able to battle through it. But uh, one last question because right. it's important and, and something else that I caught on to uh, you talking about throughout this morning was that you and and, and the rest of Foghat are, are vaccinated. And you wanted to make yeah. sure that the fans were protected and, and make sure nobody was at risk. So how do you feel about, if I can ask, about Eric Clapton and him not wanting to play shows where it's required, I, I guess? Like, is that his right just to say that? Or do you have an opinion? If you, if you don't, that's okay. Uh, you know, look, everybody's entitled to their opinion. You know, and I, and I also think, you know, you can't force people to vaccinate. I think... Look, the bottom line is talk to your doctor, talk to your health provider. I mean, I understand why people, some people have reservations about getting vaccinated or don't want to. But it's not about you. It's about others. Mm -hmm. That's the way I see it. Um, but for me as well, you know, I mean, I'm 75 and I like, would be at risk if it was out there. Um, you know, we lost not direct family, but uh, there's, you know, my extended family. We've lost, you know, a number of people to, to it. It's not, it's real. It's not like some kind of made up by the government thing. It, people actually died. It's, this has been a, a nightmare. Mm -hmm. I was impressed that our government actually got the, you know, the vaccines done in such record time. And I think that was one of the things, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Bottom line, Talk to your doctor. Talk to your healthcare provider. They're the ones. That's their job. You know, you don't have to listen to the radio stations or TV stations. Talk to your doctor, and that's 
the best advice that I can give. And it's all about staying safe and keeping your fellow uh, musicians, fellow friends, people out there, fans, keeping them safe. That's what it's about. You're a, a wise man. Roger Earl, you're a wonderful man because you, you've dealt with, again, uh, two hours plus of interviews, and thank you for squeezing me in at the at the end. Uh, you know, I just wanted to talk to you, and you were just a, a delight to work with, a delight to speak with, and I hope you get some rest, and uh, I'll see you out on Long Island, I'm sure. I look forward to it, Brandon. Thank you again for your help. You, you've been terrific. So I would think him, Roger Earl, wanting to collaborate with Slash actively I don't know actively, but you, you sensed it emotionally. You know that counts as a six degrees, right? Whatever connection you can make, it, it's not even. I'm not going to be all mathematical about it. You don't need to find six, you know, actual connections and and play the game the way it's. I guess it's meant to be played. Just any sort of connection to Guns N' Roses, and that's an excuse, a good excuse, to talk to just awesome people, like Roger Earl, and you. Yes, you, the listener. So before I wrap up, and I know we're all excited for the next episode, I, I will probably release that today. So this could be as live, as live as a podcast could get without being live. You follow that? So I, I do want to do a Mr. Mailstone first, since it's been a bit. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. First, before I forget, because this is just a collection of the messages you, you send me on whatever platform, I read them, I appreciate them. I'm overwhelmed by them. It's amazing. So Amal Das, I apologize um, that we did not connect when I was in Phoenix. You know, uh, wish I had known that you were traveling through Phoenix on your trip. Would have been cool to meet up. Well, Amal, I mean, you and I... By the way, I hope I'm, I'm pronouncing your name right. I am famous for mispronouncing names, so maybe it's a rite of passage if I, if I do mispronounce it. I did post wherever I went, usually accompanied with a not-in-this-lifetime lithograph. Uh, you know, I, I'm in Arizona. I'm in Phoenix. Anybody around? What Guns N' Roses sites should I see? Or landmarks? I did request those, but I don't expect uh, everyone to be on social media as much as me, so... Uh, but what I did see, and I'll get into next episode with Rick, uh, I did see the, the Celebrity Theater, and I posted that on Instagram and social media as well. So there's a really infamous event that happened you know, surrounding the Celebrity Theater, a story for another time uh, in, in Arizona, and there's a picture. Oh, I wish I can give credit to the person who sent it to me uh, that I was sent of just the, the marquee of Guns N' Roses back in 1987 listed on the Celebrity Theater marquee outside. So I specifically asked my girlfriend, my oh, fiancé, uh, sometimes I find myself just calling her wife. Just fiancé sounds, it's too cumbersome of a word that I say too often. Yet I say the word cumbersome. Uh, and she was great. She would always do whatever GNR landmarks I wanted to drive by. So we just drove by that, and I did it kind of before and after uh, of of that, so that that was fun. And then I met up. I had to drive up north. We had to drive not too much out of our way, a little bit. Uh, so that's why she's a great fiance uh, to Prescott, Arizona, where I got to meet up with Alan Niven. But there's a whole story there. Uh, 
so I'm going to save that until next time. So anyway, thank you, uh, Amal, very much. And one, I, I wonder, I guess, sorry, uh, Ken, I want to call you Ken Jr. You know, sometimes I, should I be giving out all your, your, your full names on this? Always tell me if, if I'm not getting a name right. And if you do want me to read a message uh, specifically on, on Facebook, just send me a, you know, your name and, and where you're from. I always like to know where all you, you folk are from. Uh, but also, I want to say sorry to Trevor Klopp from Minnesota. Uh, he wanted to ask Roger a question, and I completely uh, boned that one. I just I, I kept it for too long, and he was already on for two hours. And I was just, I'm tired. I'm back from vacation, so I'm sorry, Trevor. Uh, but for Ken, uh, he said that Foghat is terribly underrated and hell of a rock band. I should have said that to, uh, to Roger. So, again, I, I screwed up. <laughs> it's... Again, I got to get back into the swing of things here in the podcast. But Ken says something else that, and I have uh, something else that mirrors a lot of comments that I get and that I have mentioned on Mr. Mailstone previously. <coughs> and that's, yeah, we, we talk about Guns N' Roses. This is a Guns N' Roses themed podcast. I never want to call it a Guns N' Roses podcast because it's so much more. Case in point here. And Ken, I, I, I don't, you don't reveal anything personal, so I think it's okay for me to share. Uh, just want to send you a late-night message, uh, and this is an appropriate late-night message. Thanks so much for talking about mental health. It takes a brave person to talk about our challenges. I'm currently going through some depression like I have my whole life, but I promise you, your discussion of it makes it much easier. Thank you for being you. Thank you for taking the challenge of mental health on your platform. You are the best. All my best, uh, Ken Jr. I'll try to leave you some uh, an anonymity. I mean, I got to say thank you, Ken, and to all of those who have sent me private messages about this. I had no idea how it was going to be received on a Guns N' Roses-themed podcast, but I think you have to do it on a Guns N' Roses podcast. I may not know, I do not know everything about Guns N' Roses. I never claim to. I get a lot of things wrong. I try not to. Uh, but I, I, ho I have a, obviously a very uh, vast knowledge of the band and the players, but I would argue that you, most of my listeners, are way more intelligent than me when it comes to Guns N' Roses. <laughs> But when it comes to this podcast, what I feel makes me right to do it is one of the reasons that I probably said this episode one, why they're my favorite band is the 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 mental connection to it, the what I what attracted to me, aside from the music, to Axel Rose, the anger to it, to, to the, the contrast, the juxtaposition, big word, that he could put out something as aggressive and angry as you know, right next door to hell and do patience. You know, he he was authentic. He was real. He wasn't bullshitting any of this. None of it was fake. It was all real with Axl Rose, and I felt it, and I felt it with me. And I'm sure you guys felt the same. I still feel that way. It's a real deep dive, which we do on, on this podcast, and we'll, we'll do more into just the, the guys themselves. You know, what makes them tick what made them tick to make those records, to make those songs, and to make whatever good or bad decisions they've made? And do you relate to it? Is that why you are all here? 
There are music is a language, a universal language, and we're all connecting here to this band. You know, yeah, the music is kick ass. Yeah. That's what I, th- I thought at the beginning when I told Ian I thought this concept of doing a Guns N' Roses podcast was stupid. Yeah, Slash is awesome. Axel rules. How often could I say that? But for 280 episodes in to talk about depression with Alan Niven, to talk about, to talk about uh, mental health and, and addiction and a disease with all these rock stars... You know, to open up about it, and I ha- I have to open up about it because otherwise it's just the elephant in the room for me. Like, how can I just hear somebody talk about it and not share my experiences? But I think my experiences are going to relate to, and keep this in mind, I think, for the next episode as we're going to talk about what my perception of what's going on with, uh, with Team Brazil and I, Fernando and I, having never spoken to the man. But my perception of it is kind of my perception of working with Doug Goldstein on his autobiography while still being friendly with Alan Niven, given Alan's uh, very public feelings on Doug, which are not favorable. I, I just don't want to pick sides. I see where people are coming from and just as long as you are not a vindictive, well, piece of shit. It's okay if we don't agree on things. I may not agree. I may not like it. But let's let's communicate a little bit. Let's come to some sort of understanding. You know, kind of agree to, to disagree kind of thing. So I want you to keep that in mind as we're going to have uh, Rick Dunsford again on the, the next episode of Appetite for Distortion, who, if you missed any of his previous appearances on Appetite for Distortion, they are all hidden, which I guess we'll get to. Uh, so if you want any of the hidden tracks of the AFD show, just DM me like many of you have. Hey, where's this episode? Can I get it? Sure. Here you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so we're going to talk to him. And also recording today, I don't know where I'm going to put it out, but Frank Hannon of Tesla will be coming on Appetite for Distortion. So if you have a question for Frank, get it in quick after this podcast is posted. Perhaps I can ask him. All right, so let's finish up, and uh, let's let's uh, eagerly start awaiting the Rick episode. So thanks again to Roger Earl Foghat. Thanks again to you for riding this podcast night train. When will you see the next episode? Well, the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy. You'll see it, I don't know, as soon as the word. security, I'm going home.